I think now with AI, it's like you want to race to writing the most articles in your space, or are you going to stand out with just extremely unique content and build like a brand about being really exclusive, really high quality, in-depth articles. So it's interesting. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Content Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Hedge, the finance content agency. And today on the show, I'm joined by Kaylee White, who is the content manager at a fintech that we actually work with uh, called Travata. And it's a different, a little bit of a different one today because Kaylee is or has been working in-house, obviously. Um, and a lot of the people we've had on are, are self-employed and freelance and that sort of thing. So I thought it'd be really good to get somebody on the show who works maybe on the other side of the of the fence to a lot of us um, and get some insights as to, to what it looks like and how we can be better agency owners. And, and better freelancers and, and make better content. So Kaylee, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I say that you're the content marketing manager at Travada. That's um, changing uh, soon. So we're going to talk about both things. We're going to talk about um, your experience um, working in-house and some of the things you can, um, some of the knowledge you can impart on us, um, but also have a, a touch on your your exciting new project that you've got going on as well. So maybe before we jump into the questions, you want to just give us a bit of an overview of kind of your your background in, in content? Sure. Um, so I got, got a marketing degree and I, you know, fresh out of college, I was like, Ah, you know, all of my all of my friends were going to Silicon Valley to go work in a cubicle. This is like you know ten years ago, and um, I wanted like some adventure. So I actually found a a job in Uruguay at a software testing services company, and uh, they wanted to hire a marketer who spoke English to help them get uh, U.S. clients. And there was zero marketing at the company at the time. And so I was like the first marketer, zero real world experience (laughs) and uh, at a company with, you know, a different culture and everything. So um, I wore a lot of hats, but content was always my favorite. And that was, you know, they didn't have a huge budget either. So content like writing blogs, thought leadership, podcasting, um, that became a huge um, driver for us. And, and fortunately, it was my favorite it was organic. So I worked for them for like five years. First, that first year was in Uruguay. And then I went back to California, uh, traveled a bunch. And then I uh, wanted to join, you know, the U.S., uh, business world. And so I switched into U.S. startups. Um, and at my the one I was at previous to Travada, I was, again, wearing multiple hats, doing content, but also just whatever was needed. And I, um, it was really fun. I learned so much. And then I wanted to just focus on content, which is my favorite thing. So eventually I found Travada. Uh, it's a fintech where um, it's kind of like a mint, but for corporate treasury. So, you know, when you're an individual and you got multiple bank accounts, you like you can use an app like Mint to see how much cash you have across all of your accounts. Travada helps uh, treasurers do the same. 
And I got to really hone in on content marketing, like building the engine um, and, you know, doing SEO and, and like really honing that craft. And that's how I got to meet you. And it's been a, a incredible ride. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really interesting because, I mean, I didn't know that. I didn't know you started your career in Uruguay, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> that must have looked really like that must have, that would have got you an interview. I would have thought for your next job, just from the pure fact of like, what the hell, like, how does that even, even work? So that's, that's really interesting. Um, and I think it's a common theme, actually, that the marketers that I've worked with in the, the good content marketers often have like a background where they have touched on lots of different things because I think content more than the other kind of mainstreams of digital marketing, you really do have to understand like how the rest of the business is working, don't you? Because like you are the messaging like engine for like the paid social, like the, the podcast, um, you know, any, any paid acquisition through or paid advertising through like, if you're doing like, conferences or webinars, like content is kind of like the crux of that. So the more you know about those other things, kind of the better the overall marketing strategy is, right? Yeah. I, when I was interviewing at Chirata, I said, you know, I'm a marketer first and then I'm a writer, but I, I'm a marketer, you know, the yeah. writing is just a, a piece but it's very strategic role in in-house. Um, and so you can hire amazing writers too. Um, that will help you if you're not like, you know, you didn't, I didn't come with a comms background or journalism background. Um, but sometimes those people who come, come to in-house with kind of that mindset, like I'm a journalist, like, and then someone asked them, Hey, can you, you know, can you, think about how to make these pages rank better. They're just like, well, that's not what I do. And uh, I think that kind of holds them back a little bit. So being like more well-rounded definitely is important. Mm. So when you're looking at, so like when you start at Travada, for example, when you're looking at how to structure the content strategy, um, where do you start with that? Because that's that's where surprisingly, it's not as common as I would have thought it would be for people to have an actual big picture strategy. Often it's about like just looking a week ahead and the next week ahead. And in some ways that's <laughs> understandable because we've all got like so many meetings and all that sort of stuff. But how do you approach it when you're coming to something new? Where do you start with building that content marketing strategy? Yeah. So um, as a when you're coming into the role, it's crazy because you have to analyze the content strategy like figure out what they're doing so that you can quickly like from the jump keep things rolling because mm. the last content marketer you know they probably haven't been working there for a month or two so they're like desperate to pump out <laughs> new content yeah. and then you have to figure out what they're doing how to improve it and then like pitch a whole new strategy potentially so it's a lot um but, you know, how to make a strategy um, and you all, well, first you have to understand the audience. And I think it's, you know, today it's like, where do they hang out online? And uh, unfortunately at Travada, it's been kind of tricky to figure yeah. out, okay, where, where does the CFO hang out online? Where does the treasurer hang out online? The controller um, the accountants. Uh, so yeah, they might be on TikTok, but they're not looking at like payment provider videos, are they? 
Yeah, it's like, well, everyone's on TikTok when they're not at work, right? But you're not going to make reels or TikToks for people's problems at work. And so, um, you know, where we're going to put the content is extremely important. So you have to think about, well, where do they go to figure out best practices and things like that? So you have to first, like, figure out who you're writing for, where where they engage, um, and then also, you know, what's the con- what kind of content do you want to write and how are you going to promote it? How are you going to distribute it? So that's like the very basics. Um, and then what I like to do is structure things in buckets and clusters um, where the bucket is like um, ways of thinking about the format or how you go about writing that piece. So like, Buckets would be like SEO content, thought leadership, um, like uh, PR, things like that. And then the clusters are your topics. So you want to like have a matrix of those. And then you also want to think about the funnel or or the phases of the buyer journey. So if you have, um, you know, six clusters or topics and those relate to what you're selling, uh, then you've got to make sure that you have content that matches the, you know, the buyer's state of awareness. So do they know that they have a problem? Once they kind of understand that there's a problem there, what are the solutions? And then why is your product the best? Yeah. So I just, so approaching Travada, what I did was I made clusters of all the content and then I mapped it out to the different stages And then it was like, okay, we have a lot of top of funnel content over here, but there's nothing to continue. You know, what are they going to read? What are they going to read next that gets them more interested in us and keeps keeps helping? So, uh, you know, having also a philosophy that guides your content strategies is important. So ours was, you know, add value, like make make your content so good that it's almost something people would pay for, but instead they buy your product. And so that's what we're striving to do. <laughs> I guess kind of having that having that picture in place, it then makes it easier to to link it all together. Right? So you talk about the the, the um, where it is in the funnel. So for example, like if you're going through and you've got all this top of funnel stuff and you don't have or you and then you have sort of a lot of topics being mentioned in these in these articles or um, kind of not necessarily clear call to actions. You know, that then allows you to A, identify like, okay, let's make sure that we are covering those things. Let's let's cover this topic, which kind of has come up in this top of the funnel, funnel article. But then also like you have, you're adding value to the existing stuff because you're then having a top of the funnel piece, which is providing value, but you then have some further things you can point people to, which is going to get them further down that funnel. So like new content, I think that's an interesting point because new content isn't always just about trying to rank that piece of content or trying to get conversions from that piece of content, it actually like builds onto this whole like house or universe or whatever you want to call it of everything else you've already got. Yeah. Not every piece needs to rank. Um, that's why, you know, some buckets are just like, let's get this to rank, but others are like, you know, nobody's ever going to Google this, but it's an amazing topic. So let's yeah. share it. Um, and yeah, exactly. When you have it all mapped out, 
and you're not sure like how to end an article or what it should link to, once you've got it categorized, it becomes clear like, oh, okay, there's a, you know, we're talking about top of funnel scenario planning, what it is. The next article clearly is going to be how to do scenario planning. And then maybe that's where you bring in like screenshots of your, if it's a B2B SaaS tool, you know, bring in those screenshots. And then the next call to action in, in that article is, um, you know, sign up for a demo. So that's just a very, you know, broad overview, but it still works. <laughs> this is the fundamentals, but it's important to have those down. Yeah, totally. And I think especially we'll go into AI next. And I think that's, that's one of the things actually AI and the sort of Google updates, which, which we talked about um, briefly before we hit record um, is that I think there's often the temptation in honestly, not just content marketing, but like almost every industry out there is to get like a new piece of technology or some new innovation or a new way of doing things. And we can all as humans tend to like, yeah, be tempted to think that that means we need to throw out everything and like start from scratch because there's this new shiny toy. And often it's, it's not the case that actually that new tech or that new toy is going to be really useful, but you can't like use it in a way that throws out the fundamentals of whatever it is you're doing. And so I think that's something really important to keep to remember, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're using AI to generate more volume of content, um, but still within the same framework. And it's not going to be writing like thought leadership anytime soon, let's say. So that bucket is still there. Um, we're definitely not throwing that away. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's like two ways you can go. I think now with AI, it's like, do you want to do like, you want to race to writing the most articles in your space? Because that's one way, you know, write the most. Google will rank you for a bunch of keywords because you've got all this content. Or are you going to stand out with just extremely unique content and build like a brand about being like, um, you know, really exclusive, really high quality, in-depth articles. Um, so it's interesting. <laughs> and I think what you guys are doing or what you're doing that I've is one of the best examples that I've seen so far of trying to sort of merge those two together, right? Because it doesn't have to be an all or nothing proposition. You don't have to go all in on AI and sack all your writers and you don't have to not use AI at all and keep keep working only with writers. And I think it's there's some like you say buckets or some types of content which AI is not going to be able to do probably anytime soon, um, or definitely not with a lot, or not without a lot of um, human intervention. And then there's other stuff that really just needs to talk to robots. Which, to be honest with you, like, like I don't like that. Like I, I, I kind of just yeah. like fundamentally have this weird thing about writing something or having a something written that is not designed for anyone to really read, but like, you know, that's, that's, that's the way it works. But yeah, I think that that combination of the two is, is definitely going to be the way that good marketers need to look at it going forward. Yeah. At Travada, we are kind of doing the in-between. Uh, so still trying to write really high quality value piece and then also use AI to kind of catch up on some of the legwork for like, you know, more technical SEO, um, and I even said to my my social girl, like, okay, you know, 
let's not, we don't need to share these articles that were primarily AI driven on social, you know, let's really pump out like the content from Jason instead. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you have to play, you have to write for Google and humans. Some pieces can do both. I think we like, you know, time will tell, but um, yes, we're, what it really, where it really shines is um, we, we do a lot of like content repurposing where we have a podcast and I'm using a tool called content at scale and you can give it a link to a YouTube video and then it will write an article that's inspired by that video. So it kind of does a good job depending on the topic, um, but it at least provides a thorough first draft and then yeah. from there you know i can take what i like leave the rest but i've i've written some articles that were like based on takeaways from events or talks with just with just a couple hours <laughs> so it's pretty incredible um yeah. and it's really increased our output and efficiency i personally i think that's the best use of ai is like is if you're just asking it to come up with content from its own like knowledge base i think it's there's there's real limitations there but like even the other day i noticed um i don't know if you guys use loom much but i use loom a lot and so i did like a seven minute loom just honestly explaining something really like dull and monotonous i can't even remember what it was but like just explaining someone how to like find a particular financial ratio or something and i noticed that when i posted the link it actually provided like an ai summary of of what i what i talked about in there and i think stuff like that is really really cool and like what we just said there is a really good example of like taking a 45 minute YouTube video. No one really wants to watch a 45 minute YouTube video. Like, and even if you do watch it, you're not going to be paying attention for the whole time. So to be able to like pull out, like tell me the most important bits or the summary, like that is really useful for content, for content marketers to, like then hand that to the social person and say, look, here's the summaries of this, like go for it. Yeah, with podcasts, so we did 12 episodes of a podcast and it was a full team effort. Mm. And we were like, how can we get AI to help us with this? You know, it was like, because we didn't really plan the content going into the recording. So I think that might, if it's an in-house marketing team making this podcast, that might help. But we were like, okay, we've got this transcript. How do we find the nuggets? How do I distill the key highlights? And how do I write the most interesting title and description? And um, we found some tools where, um, where they could help like find segments in the, in the transcript Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, on YouTube where it's got like that timeline, yeah. we're kind of, I was using it to like figure out little timeline markers and um, we would edit clips and put like call out text in the corner. And so, so much thought goes into it. Mm. And uh, AI was definitely helpful um, and definitely with writing the summaries. And I think the best thing you can do is write the main takeaways at the top. And then have a longer article or just put the transcript, but at least have some actionable takeaways. Yeah. And then share a bunch of clips, you know, get get as much juice from that 45 minute recording or whatever as you possibly can. Yeah, definitely. And then not only is that better for the people reading it, but it just, it does make it more shareable, doesn't it? Like if you ask the guest of the podcast to share like 
an entire massive transcript, they're probably not going to do it. But if you take like the best line that they said, you know, they're far more likely to say, look, look how smart I am. This is what I said. That's a great quote. Like easy, put that on LinkedIn or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So AI is becoming a lot more important in content marketing. What do you think is becoming like less important? What do you think deserves less attention than maybe it has in the past? For me, it's been like traditional SEO, almost like, you know, with keyword research. Um, and it's always been hard for me to learn SEO from the traditional standpoint, because I've always worked in a company or an industry where there's no search volume on our keyword. Um, and so I think, you know, using a keyword research tool to plan out your content strategy, I think that's going to be less important because I think we're realizing like they don't always have the data. And so it's more important that you just understand the content and the topic and what people are going through and why they're, what they're searching, why I think you're going to know that better than a tool. And if you don't know, because you're new to that niche, uh, you know, ask people, talk to your subject matter experts, things like that. Um, but yeah, definitely like keyword research, stuffing keywords. I think, I think Google is smart enough to know, um, you know, if you're talking about semantics. So I don't think like specific keywords are that important. I think mm -hmm. it's more about um, really like writing a well thought out, like comprehensive article and then formatting it in a way where people can easily grab the bits that, well, they can skim it first to see, okay, does this article contain the information that I want to read? And then they can go through and actually read it. But people first are just going to like go up and down, read the headers, read the highlights, and then they'll decide if they're going to read it. So I think it's much more about how you deliver the content and not so much like, oh, let's stuff this keyword into the header five times and uh, things like that. But um, at the same time, I'm very divided because we start we started to use ClearScope, and I think that that tool is extremely helpful. Um, what ClearScope does is it tells you, um, say you're writing for a topic, and then to rank for it, it looks at all the other um, articles that are ranking, and it compares your draft to what's ranking. And then yeah. it will give you an idea of like what you need to, what marks you're missing. So it helps you to write a better article. But I think you still need to go the extra mile and never just spit out or, or like never just um, rehash what the other articles online are saying. You've got to add more, you know, more perspective. Um, so showing, show that you know what you're talking about <laughs> and not just like your article is just a research paper, right? But if yeah. you have experts who are synthesizing their experience with all of the trends and what's going on, then you can create something of true value. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
I 100% agree with that. I mean, I, I actually just cancelled HF subscription just last oh, yeah. week because the same thing is like I'm not – I mean, I, most of the, all of my clients that I work with have a separate SEO agency that I work with anyway, so that's never not really been part of what we do. But it's just – yeah, it's the same sort of thing. Like so many things I would see on there just didn't match with with what I was seeing in the real world. And like the, the, the perfect example is like – um, when ChatGPT was first launched, like what was it, November last year or something, like you'd go on Ahrefs three weeks after that and it was showing zero search volume. And it's like right. if you're if you're writing for like really evergreen topics that like you say have, you know, you're writing about running shoes or like diet stuff or whatever, like, okay, maybe. But realistically, how much content is there like that anymore? Like who wastes their time writing articles that define like really basic topics in an industry? I would argue probably not many. So yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. And and when I was learning SEO, I was like, okay, this makes sense for shoes, you know, like trying to figure out what combinations of keywords can I write about for shoes. Uh, (laughs) But talking about really sophisticated software engineering topics and things like that. Yeah. Forget it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And also Ahrefs just added like thousands or millions of more keywords to their database. So everyone's seeing a huge bump in um, organic rankings and they're not, they didn't really like sell that out. So everyone thinks that they're doing amazing. And so they can just manipulate you and your feelings yeah. <laughs> as a marketer and your results. So, you know, just take it with a great assault. Um, we have an SEO agency and a, a consultant as well. And she's like, you got to live and die by Google search console. That's yeah. where the true metrics are. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, switching gears a little bit then. So, obviously we've been we've been working together um you in house as as a content marketing manager, uh, me running my content marketing agency. Um it's been awesome working with you. What do you look for when you're looking for good freelancers or like for people who are listening to this who are wanting to make sure that they're like getting the basics right or, you know, making sure that they're going to get good testimonials and stuff from their clients. Like what are the things that make your job easier when you're working with freelancers or other agencies? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, uh, subject matter expertise. So uh, what I was excited about when I saw your, you know, when my friend recommended you, I saw that you only write about finance and you have a background in finance. And so you have something that I could not bring to the table at Travada. I don't have a finance background. Um, And it would be really hard for me to write the articles that we have you write. Um, So having someone who truly understands the topic is so important. And before that, we didn't have that. We, I think we we used, um, it's kind of like a marketplace for writers and um, it would be a different writer. You submit like a brief and then a writer gives you back the article. And um, it was really expensive because there, there was like a, a third party there. You know? So I think definitely um, it's been a great switch to move you know, to a dedicated agency with subject matter expertise and then um, reliability, like you know, every single week, I, you've never missed a deadline, which has been incredible. And I think that that's not always true about freelancers. You know, sometimes I freelance, right? And I don't 
submit things exactly on time. Um, so I, I, you know, being on both sides now, I really see the value in that. Um, and the fact that you understand our business, um, our product, and I don't have to always spell it out, like when and where to mention how Travada comes into play with a topic. Mm. Um, so that's been extremely helpful. It's really interesting to hear you say that. I'm glad you said that because it's sort of a trend that I've seen as well. Because obviously I've, I've got a number of writers that work work with me, work for me. Um, and I've been really surprised at how difficult it is to find people who do those basics, right? And I think often, you know, if you're on like freelancing forums, if you're on Reddit reading about stuff, like you often see people complaining about not finding clients or not being able to keep clients and stuff. And something that I really do believe is that, and this is not just freelance writing or anything really, it's most things, it's just do those fundamentals and do them right. And what you've just said there is basically know what you're writing about or have a good level of knowledge about what you're writing about and meet your deadlines. And like, it's been crazy to me how often like a writer would just let me down at like the last minute. And then, you know, I'm like, shit, I've got like three hours to write this thing. And like, yeah, you, you do it because like, like you say, well, yeah, you want to meet the deadlines. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, if you, if you're out there and you're like struggling with it, like, and finding it difficult, I think it does just come back to that. Doesn't it? Like do the basics, do them really well under promise over deliver and like you will be successful eventually yeah totally and you know um i think i've become a better i hope i've become a little bit of a better writer since reading all of your work because you know in b2b it can be dry and um your articles are always fun to read um i think i think as a whole um, B2B is becoming less formal, which is yeah. awesome. You know, we can write about things, make it fun. Instead of um, using like third person, you know, we say you, you know, yeah. in, in the article. And we, we have fun with it. We make parallels, analogies, and we don't have to be so stuffy. You know, writing is becoming a lot more fun to read, uh, even in B2B. So that's, that's good too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely a trend that I, I see and appreciate because it makes it more interesting to read and more much more interesting to write as well. So yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So the kind of last thing I want to talk about is we've talked a lot about your background in, in fintech content marketing marketing and you're working with Travada and for Travada. And really that's a that's a period that's sort of coming to an end for at least the at least the time being, isn't it? So um when I asked you to come on the the podcast um or I think it was after that actually you mentioned that you were you were finishing up at Travada and you've got a new exciting project. Now I want to talk about this because it's not that you're going to start a uh, uh, I don't know, like a personal training business or an accountancy firm or something like you're moving laterally within content. So I'm really keen to hear a little bit more about your new project that is has been a side project and, it's, and is beget, about to become your full-time project. So tell me a little bit more about it. Yeah. So, well, I'm really grateful to Travada because before Travada, I was a marketing manager. So I was wearing a lot of hats and then at Travada, I got to really dive deep into content. So I got to like put into practice all these things that I'd learned about in the past, like theoretically, that I really wanted to learn and, and bring into life at a company. So making a content strategy, um, 
also an SEO strategy and like website architecture and bringing that all together. I feel like I got to learn what I wanted to learn at Travada. Um, we grew traffic like by 200% to our, like organically. And we got to, you know, put out twice as much content per week as we ever did before in the past. So I felt like so happy and proud and excited with what we've done. And I think I've laid a good roadmap for whoever takes my place. Travada's hiring. No, <laughs> I don't know when this will be released, but Travada's hiring a content marketer. Um, and so I felt like I learned finally all the things I wanted to learn in order to, um, well, I've been following like online entrepreneurs for years and years and years. And I always found it really fascinating to build your own, you know, profitable like side hustle or business. And I just never had an idea, but I know now that I have the skills to make a content-based business. And then I finally had an idea that mattered to me. One that I knew I could write about, <laughs> you know, day in, day out, something that um, was unique to me. And so I finally bought a domain name. I slowly started to write articles. And um, now I'm going to start uh, being a niche blogger <laughs> and hoping to grow an audience to my own website and then monetize it from there. So yeah, awesome. kind of, it's not so risky because I've been doing this my whole career. Now it's just like, okay, can we totally go into a different space uh, away from B2B more into like, you know, person to person. And it's more about health and wellness. And um, I've so far I've, I've, we've published like 30 articles almost on this website. Um, it's myself and actually our mutual friend, Anna Marie. All right, cool. um, she's been writing for me because, you know, writing takes a lot of time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially definitely. when you have a full-time job. So uh, she's been helping me get this site going, but now I'm going to be full-time writing just for my own website. And it's kind of like an experiment. Like how long will it take to get, you know, my first milestone is going to be like 3,000 monthly visitors. Mm -hmm. And then I think I keep reading different articles, but at some point that's when you can add um, the Google AdSense to the site. And then, uh, you know, building like affiliate links and things like that. So, yeah, I'm going out solo. We'll see how this goes. Uh, but I'm really excited. Yeah, definitely. Well, I definitely wish you all the best with it. How are you going to approach it? Is there going to be a big difference between how you're approaching this as to how you'd approach an in-house content marketing strategy? So it really won't be that different. Um, so the website, it's it's the product is the content. So yep. I'm kind of excited about that too, because I don't have to optimize product pages and yeah. do copywriting to try to sell people software. The content is the product yeah. um, for now un until I figure out like maybe an info product or an ebook that I could sell. But right now I just want to provide free content. Um, but it's, it's pretty much the same, like, you know, same writing checklist, same SEO checklist. Um, the site has like six blog categories. So I'll just be 
rotating between those categories, trying to get a good coverage across all of those and uh, making sure to link properly <laughs> from one article to the next. Um, so it's really not going to be too different. I think it's just going to be a little bit more simple. Yeah, definitely. And you've got full control. So uh, like I said to you before we, uh, before we jumped on, like you can try a few things, you can try, you know, unusual topics that maybe you wouldn't be comfortable pitching or you weren't sure, you know, if, if it was got a fairly low probability of working, but if it does work, maybe it could be really, really successful. You're more likely to like have a go with that if it's your own project and you've got really nothing to lose as opposed to like diverting resources from a company budget that if it doesn't work, then it's like, you got to feel a bit awkward about it and maybe justify your thought process and all that sort of stuff. It's just nice to be your own, own boss, I guess at the end of the day. <laughs> And I, I think I'm really looking forward to, so I believe in life design, like life creation. I'm really excited about uh, owning like every minute of my day. Yeah. <laughs> like no meetings, you know, there's no <laughs> distractions. It's just me and my website and I'm going to be writing for it, publishing, like, you know, pixel perfect, like every blog post has perfect formatting and like, that's the part that I love the most. I'm like addicted to hitting publish in WordPress. <laughs> and so any task that isn't hitting towards hitting publish in WordPress, I don't want to do it anymore. And I'm just really excited to, to focus and like have like optimized for deep work and um, own my time and energy. So I'm excited. Yeah. Awesome. Well, like I say, I wish you all the best for it. I'm sure it'll be a really big success. Do you want to um, give it a quick plug and I'll put the, the link in the show notes as well if people want to check it out? Sure. Um, so it's called alcoholfreebevies.com. Um, over a year ago, I successfully stopped drinking. Uh, and that's what what's kind of what it's about. It's about um, what happens after you stop drinking. Uh, and it's it's not it's not talking about recovery and sobriety. It's more talking about how awesome life is uh, when you put your mental health and like physical health first and uh, natural ways to release dopamine in your body, you know, um, and, and how to stop because it's, it's definitely uh hard to do <laughs> at first if it's part of your life and like your social world and all of that. Um, but I think that more and more people are starting to embrace it and it's becoming like more of a thing. Like Andrew Huberman was saying, um, you know, he's a Stanford like professor yeah. on biology or biochem, one of those, he's, he's saying, you know, a, even a one glass of wine a night is bad for you. And I think it's becoming more alcohol might be having a cigarette moment. And so that's something that I'm actually really on board to like help promote that awareness, promote new businesses that help people stop and new drinks. There's all these fun new drinks on the market. So it's super cool. Yeah, definitely. Love it. Love it. Well, look, thanks so much for, for coming on the show. It's been really good to hear your take from, from the in-house perspective and hear about a new project. And um, like I said, I'll put the links to those in the show notes. And thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Great. See you later.